So sports car racing's Brad Wesley. Professional gopher murderer. Cruise ship rental agent. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> ben Keating, if you could describe your dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? Slice. What? Pizza? Pizza? What's going on? Pizza slice? Yeah. Okay. That's it? All you, that? And you that's wanna, what we get? Wanna, slice? Wanna, All I get is one word. <laughs> you follow direction. <laughs> All right. One word. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio Welcome to Dinner with Racers. I'm Ryan Eversley. And I'm Sean Heckman. And we decided, by force of our contract, that we would do some 2020 podcasts to the best of our ability because, hey, why not? It's fun, right? You like it, Sean, don't you? I do. You know what I really love is that, let's call it, couple week transition between doing our big iRacing series and recording podcasts yeah. and people already crapping on us for not putting anything out right. that's my favorite right. part you love that. i love you love that part the part where the, our free stuff isn't isn't being given out enough but you know who would never complain about something like that would be texas's own mr ben keating ben keating now ben is a pretty known name in the sports car ranks but outside of sports car you may not necessarily know who he is uh ben has been around for about a decade now uh in sort of the pro-am ranks of sports cars he's what we know as a gentleman driver he has no problems embracing that title he has been basically in the imsa categories that ryan and i work in uh for for quite a while running in an assortment of programs, but always as sort of the gentleman driver that's helping to fund the whole thing. Most notably, Ben has won the Rolex 24. He's won the North American Endurance Championship. His team crossed the line first at the 2019 24 Hours of Le Mans. Uh, and then also worth noting, because it will show up in the podcast quite a bit, is uh, is Ben's sort of personal business is in a string of dealerships, the Keating Auto Group, which is all across uh, different parts of Texas. Ben's no stranger to uh, competing globally now in the sports car ranks and was happy to tell us different stories about different places that he's raced, including Le Mans, and as Sean mentioned, all over the place here. But we also talked quite a bit about his early days as a, uh, I'd say, rambunctious teenager and uh, dealing with the family business and how those kind of things played out and not only did we learn about his racing career and how he got started but we learned a ton about how he is as a businessman and how he is able to afford his racing background which he will happily tell you is because of his success as a car dealer. So Ben lives in Texas. However, he happened to be in Malibu, California, and we happened to be in the general area doing some some TV stuff. So uh, we actually met up in Malibu, despite the fact that he's in Texas. We actually ordered out in a place that none of us had ever been to before called Diamore's Pizza. Now Ben eats gluten-free, so we got gluten-free pizza and a, ch- a gluten-free chicken sandwich. And uh, how was yours, Ryan? I loved it. Now, speaking of delivery, you know who delivers for us, Ryan, every time? That would be our, our partners. Specifically one partner who has who delivered on the first day that we pitched the idea, six years later, continues to put up with it. Oh, oh you mean Continental Tire? Yeah, our primary sponsor, Continental Tire. For what you do. And for what you should tweet about. Half my wardrobe is filled with their t-shirts. 
they invest quite a bit into us, oh. uh, and they do that because, of course, the fans seem to constantly engage, which is what makes this all worthwhile. But also, they're they're paying uh-huh. for for you to yell their name. I don't know if they're actually paying for that, but we should do it. Okay. Well, in that case, yeah. Continental Tire Cross Contact LX Sidewall. Now, in addition to our sponsors helping us make this journey, of course, we were also able to get there safely because we had probably the safest, most consistent driver in the world, Mr. Mark Martin. I've learned the hard way. We need to get some gas now. <laughs> ben Keating. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. You take your headset off and put it back on like you totally haven't been sitting here doing COVID video stuff for us. Uh-huh. He didn't do it. He's like, I make the rules here. He's like, now that the TV stuff's done. Yeah. So we're here in Southern California. I mean, we're in Malibu Beach, Texas. And, um, <laughs> My favorite part of I was home for a day. Yeah. We have some anonymous tips. Mm-hmm. Anonymous tips on mm-hmm. potential storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just start out of order. Explain to me getting lost at Le Mans while driving in the race. Ooh. <laughs> it's a great story. Uh, uh, Go. So, on all LMP2s, you know, you're required to have this emergency shutoff switch on the sides of the cockpit, uh, which I now know, A, they, uh, they shut off all the power to the car, and B... Uh, they uh, depress the clutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the uh, marshals they, can move the car, right? So the marshals can yeah. move the car, and they do that with air pressure. Yeah. Yeah. No matter. Uh, uh, and so uh, I am in the uh, Riley Multimatic Mark 30 LMP2. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, going through the Porsche curves, and everything shuts off. Boom. Boom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything shuts off. Right. There's not, there's right. not right. another car in sight. Right. No lights, no nothing. And no, it's a very dark part of the track. Right. And I, you know, go over to the side. No idea what happened. And, uh, you know, our toolkit in that car consists of a cell phone. Right. Uh, and it is like a, a really, really old you know, like a Nokia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a brick uh, almost. Yeah, just yeah. brick. Hit this button. With, with buttons on it. Okay. Uh, and. What do you mean buttons? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> and I can't figure out how to turn it on. I literally. <laughs> uh, 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 it's only got one phone number in the phone. Right. Okay. It's right. Bill Riley's cell phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I can't figure out how to turn on the phone. Right, right. Uh, and so. Uh, I <laughs> Now when the power cuts out. The radio guts out too, right? Everything. So yeah, you so can't communicate. I got yeah. nothing. Okay. I got nothing. Uh, and so I pull over to the side. Mm-hmm. I realize, I know the rules. I can't. If I get 10 meters away from the car, yeah. we're disqualified. Yeah. And I'm on the side of the track. Just, you know, I have no clue what in the world to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got drunk French fans yeah. right there <laughs> next to me yeah. right. offering lots of advice. <laughs> uh, 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 and they know what's up. Uh, yeah. I try to you know, I check the battery connections. Yeah. I know it's a, I, I lost power. Uh, so I'm checking battery connections. Uh, I, I'm checking fuses. I'm, I, I'm checking everything. Uh, we had a lithium-ion battery. 
uh, and those things when they die they fall off the cliff and so i thought maybe yeah. uh, we we lost we lost an alternator right and, it was and we didn't the we didn't see it yeah. and and it just finally died and if that's the case i know we're done i checked the buttons on the side of the car but uh i, I don't, the fact is i don't know exactly how they operate so you knew about these kill switches i did okay but i don't actually know how it works sure sure uh, and it seems to me, you know, uh, that uh, what you do with a button is you push it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 and apparently, uh, so so I, I have no idea where I am. Right. right. I have no idea how to describe, you know, uh, for, for them how to get to my car. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm out out of the race car uh with my you know uh, uh gloves off with my uh hans off are the rules about how far you can go with the lousing? uh just uh, i can't get further than 10 meters away from the car well, you can take your helmet off you can take your gloves I, off I, I can and and i think i did i know i did i know i did uh and so i i'm about ready to give up i've been there for 20 minutes which when you're on the side of the racetrack is an eternity. Uh, I've been there for like 20 minutes. It's an eternity. And and I'm just like, you know, I, I don't know what to do. Uh, it's still light. Uh, so it's like 8 o'clock in the evening. Uh, and uh, I, I thought you pushed the buttons. And so I went around to the button on the passenger side and I'm, I know it's a power deal, so I, I'm trying to figure out how it works. Uh, and, and I try to, you know, see if there's a connection underneath the button or whatever. And however I hit it, it pops up. Okay. And it goes. Oh, no. And bing, all the lights come on. Oh, oh okay. And I'm alone, <laughs> <laughs> I I scramble around. I put on my helmet. I put on my gloves. I put on my Hans. Yeah. You know, getting in the LMP2 car is not very easy. I slide into that sucker, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I push the clutch uh, and uh, uh, try to start the car. And I try to start the car, and it bleh, the whole thing moves, and it won't start. Uh, uh, and because I died in like the Porsche curves, I'm in like fifth gear. Right, right. right. So I realize, okay, uh, my clutch isn't working, and I have to get it to yeah, neutral first, to be able right. to start it. Right, right, right. So you know, I I hit the strutter, boom, yeah, downshift. Yeah, hit the strutter, right. boom, yeah. downshift, yeah. boom, all the way down to neutral. Yeah, and I finally get it started, and I can't hear. You know, I'm talking on the radio. I can't hear Bill on the radio. I can't hear. Yeah. I realize in the rush of getting back in the car, I didn't put in my earbuds. Nice. Yep. Oh, yeah. I have to get out of the f- car <laughs> to take my helmet off, to put my earbuds in, get back in yeah. Yeah. to be able to hear Bill. Yeah. And he is freaking out. Yeah. Of course, oh. we, you know, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, I get in, I mean, I'm in neutral. I got the car started. I got everything ready to go. I t- Bill, I'm on my way. I'm yeah. coming. Yeah. I put it into first gear and it dies. <laughs> I have zero clutch, mm-hmm. no clutch mm-hmm. at all, uh, and so uh, I get it back in neutral, uh, 
uh, I tell the corner, you know, there's a corner marshal yeah. right there now kind of taking care of me. They push me kind of behind the wall. Uh, and I tell, I'm on loose gravel, and I tell those guys, just watch out. Stay out of the way. Yeah, right, right, right. I get the car started in neutral. Uh, I rev it up. <laughs> yeah, wham! <laughs> and uh, make it all the way back to the garage. I kill the engine before I'm coming up. Yeah. Now I know that it's a pneumatic system, and it filled the whole clutch line with air, yeah. which right. does not compress. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so I had no clutch uh -huh. uh, until they bled all the air out of the system. Right, right. Uh, but uh, that was one of the <laughs> most awesome memories of Le Mans because they always say, you know, Le Mans is the only race I know of where you're allowed to get out of the car and the driver can work on the car. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, and you're not allowed to have any help. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you can get it back, okay, fine. You're still in the race. Yeah. And I've done it. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I did it. <laughs> I got out of the car on the track at Le Mans and fixed my own problem. Yeah. Uh, and what it was was uh, another LMP2 way ahead of me hit a giant clump of rubber. Yeah. And it hit the button when yeah. it landed. That's what I thought it was going to say. And killed me. Yeah. Wow. We weren't competitive in the car anyway. Yeah, right, right, So, right, right. You know, yeah, it, it was nice to have some kind of a fun story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had those races. So, did you ever figure out how to turn on a Nokia cell phone? I did. As soon as I gave it to, as soon as I got back there, yeah. Bill grabbed it and turned it on. Yeah. Like it was nothing. <laughs> I was pissed. We have several sources, um, but we do have an anonymous uh, source named um, William P. P. Um, Crawford, Crawford, yeah. yeah. Um, he, uh, uh, we were otherwise known as the Saint. Yeah, we were asked, right. we, yeah, you yeah. on the shirt. Yeah. Um, we were asked to maybe prompt the question: Is racing more dangerous than a three wheeler? Ooh, no way. Three wheeler is way more dangerous. That's what I, I grew up on a three wheeler. I did too. Yeah. What'd you have? Uh, a three hundred big red Honda. I had a big red two fifty. Big red three hundred. Yeah. 300. yeah. I made my uh, money, so I grew, my my dad had a pecan orchard. Okay, and I made money as a child uh, by uh, uh, catching gophers mm -hmm. that would eat the irrigation system. This sounds like Animal Crossing. And so uh, <laughs> I got, uh, I mean, or uh, or uh, Caddyshack. I'm sure this is not. Uh, it's more Caddyshack. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this is, uh, you know, uh, this is probably not politically correct. But I got paid a five dollar bounty. Oh, nice. yeah, nice. per gopher. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, all of my free uh, Saturdays, Sundays, afternoons yeah. after school were spent on the three wheeler uh, catching gophers. What was your preferred tactic? Uh, traps, gopher okay. traps. Yeah, yeah. And you were born seventy one. Correct. So Caddyshack hadn't come out yet. No, no. Uh, uh, and when it did come out, <laughs> like, I was too young to really appreciate oh. it. <laughs> you're like that's me. Yeah. Need <laughs> yeah. gopher guts. Yes, yes. So $5 a head. Mm -hmm. And then uh, did you did you put a stop to the gopher problem or? I was pretty effective. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm a big deal, but I was pretty good at that job. <laughs> what about, did you start I, a gopher, I, was there a gopher network? Like the Keating gopher network? Um, you had 18 other kids working for you? No, no, no. Okay. No, I could do it all myself. All right. But um, my record was 12 in one day. <laughs> but it was and, how uh, much per how much per gopher? Five dollars. Oh wow! Sixty bucks to a eleven year old kid is on a day. Yeah. Is yeah. a fortune. Yeah, it was like late seventies. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yes. I mean, that's worth like $100 a piece now, right? Yeah. 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 That's how it works. Wow. Economy of scale. Well, yeah. Okay. But that doesn't that doesn't explain why a three-wheeler is so dangerous. Well, pretty much anything with a motor. Yeah. Uh, you know, ha- not having courage has never been my problem. Okay. I broke my foot one year on Easter uh, uh, playing with my little sister on swing set. I stepped into a hole. Which, by the way, was a, 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 a hole I dug to catch a gopher. <laughs> and, and, uh, but I, I stepped into a hole that I did not refill properly oh, yeah. and broke my foot. Nice. The very next day, I was riding my big red Honda 300 three-wheeler mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. with a, uh, a, a cast on my foot. I'm mm-hmm. guessing against orders. Uh, I don't know if there were orders. Okay. But, you know, I was out there, uh, and we had a pea gravel driveway mm-hmm. uh it, i wouldn't you know i didn't know how to describe it now but i will tell you that when you're hauling ass on a, uh, a on a, a a big three-wheeler yeah uh on pea gravel it's got a terrible understeer mm. yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true and, uh, <laughs> I, I ran into the back of my mom's econoline van mm. uh, uh pretty hard <laughs> uh you know the front tire went underneath the bumper uh and I broke my wrist. The day after you broke your foot. The day after. <laughs> the people at the ER, what, what are you doing back here? Yeah. Uh, and uh, my mom, it was a great story because uh, my mom was pissed that I ran into her van. Right. And, and she didn't think I had a problem. She thought that because I'd broken my foot the day before, I'm just now thinking that everything's broken. I'm a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh. so she's <laughs> like, she's like, you know, uh, I'm not taking the doctor. You want to go to the doctor? You call your father. He can come home from work. What time of year was this? Was this during school? Uh, probably. Yeah. Yes. Well, no. So that I, adds know, up. I know it was. I know it was right. because. So you're just trying to get out of it. Yeah. Because so I went to the ER. Sure enough, I've broken wrist. I can no longer have crutches. So now I'm in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> and I come home in a wheelchair. Uh, major sympathy from my mom. Now oh, yeah. I get to get out of class five minutes early. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I can wheel to the next. Mm, yeah. And to this day, I, I'm pretty good on a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. a three wheeler though. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with a three wheeler too. <laughs> so we all know Ben Keating, the uh, the guy who's you know done all kinds of sports car stuff, a uh, gentleman driver, so to speak. But uh, I don't know if many people know the story of Ben Keating. Um, beyond the guy that just sort of shows up and and almost wins Le Mans and then also goes nuts on Twitter he sometimes. Did, he did win Le Mans. Did win Le Mans. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Um, so you're a Texas guy through and through. Yeah. Um, family of car dealers. Yes. Yeah. That's right. My grandfather was a Ford dealer. He had five kids, and four of them became Ford dealers. One of them was my dad, so I grew up. I grew up with my my dad being uh, a Ford dealer. Uh, I uh, my impression of the car business was parking cars in a straight line, washing them, and picking up trash. Yeah. And so I wanted nothing to do with the with car, car business. Right. I hated it, uh, and so I went to Texas A and M, uh, got an engineering degree there, uh, and. Did an internship between my junior and senior year for an insurance company that happened to do insurance for car dealers, uh, and I, I fell in love with the car business 
by going around to all these other dealerships and seeing, you know, in my naive college kid knowledge, I thought these guys were making a ton of money and they were terrible businessmen. And I knew that this is a really competitive business. And I thought, man, if these guys are my competition, this is the business for me. Yeah, I, I can beat them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you know, I'm 20. Uh, I know yeah, stuff. That's yeah, right. Right. I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, well, I guess he actually did know. Well, it worked out. <laughs> I, I, I wasted a lot of money yeah. to learn the, to, to, to learn those lessons. Yeah. But um, so I met my wife. She's also uh, engineering at A&M. Uh, I, I was president of the Institute of Industrial yeah. Engineers, and yeah. she was vice president. Oh. So we got Scandalous. married one week after graduation. Did anybody know you guys were together during the presidency? Oh yeah, Oof, oh, yeah. man, that's uh, that's, that's using uh, your authority, yeah. sir. Yeah. That would be frowned upon. That today. is fraud, mm. I believe. Nah. Yeah, a whole new meaning to the first lady. <clears throat> the, uh, He's very proud of that. That's uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, I told my wife, "Get a job anywhere in USA, and I'll get a job selling cars." So really, she really. she went to work. So why why engineering and all this? Because nothing I'm hearing has anything to do with engineering. Yeah. Because uh, I, I was really good at math and science. Okay. And uh, really bad at anything where you have to read a chapter and answer questions about it or write a paper on it, whatever. Sure. Uh, I really struggled in those classes. And there was no like degree and just how to size somebody up by talking to them. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I, your physics, calculus. You know, all that kind of stuff, no problem. So there was no dream to, like, go become an auto designer or, no. or anything like that? No. Okay. I've always been uh, somewhat of an entrepreneur. Did you know that four <laughs> miles from here you can get a degree in entrepreneurship? I did not. Yeah, you yeah. can get any kind of degree you want at Pepperdine. What was the one you came up with? Integ- no. Uh, initiative. Initiative. Yeah. <laughs> you get a degree in initiative. <laughs> uh, so... My wife went to work at Dell uh, in Austin, mm-hmm. uh, and I went to work selling cars at, at Covert Ford, yeah. uh, uh, just a salesman at, at, the, at the Ford dealership there. Mm-hmm. Now, did people recognize the last name? No. Okay. Because it, 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 I, mean, I don't know how close this was to the, the dealerships yeah. that your family was part of. But. Um, it was quite a long way away, and yeah. none of them were named Keating. Right. Okay. So right. I didn't want to have, you know, it's so funny. I, I went to interview and at that point in time, I wanted to look older than I was, so uh, I, had, I had a beard. Uh, and, uh, and you're like 22? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had a beard, and so I went in to interview for the job, and I didn't tell them anything about my family. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and they're just like, okay, you know, we'll call you. Yeah. And as I'm leaving, one of the other salesmen said, hey, man. These people are super conservative. That beard. If you want a job here, oh, they wow. don't hire anybody with facial hair. Right. Okay. Right. So I went home and I shaved. Yeah. Uh, and it took about two weeks for me to get some color back in the face. <laughs> so, it, it, right. so it looked proper. So yeah. I went back two weeks later. Yeah. I interviewed with the same people, and they did not recognize that I was the same person. No Wait, way. So you just like flat yeah. out resubmitted and walked. Yeah. Resubmitted. Yeah. And same th- name. This time. <laughs> I told them I was, a, you know, a son of a car dealer. Yeah. Ah, okay. And uh, so a totally different story. Yeah, right. Okay. right. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they did not hire me. <laughs> really? Because historically, the son of a car dealer is no bueno. Uh, okay. Uh, it's yeah. just no good. Uh, 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 so. <laughs> not because you tried to pull a faster on them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, a guy from the insurance company 
called me and said, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, I just interviewed at Covert Ford, but mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go up to Georgetown and go go to work at that Ford dealership <coughs> up there. And then, like, 15 minutes later, I get a call from Duke Covert, mm-hmm. who's the owner of Covert Ford. Uh, and, yeah, he was hardly ever at the dealership, and yeah. he definitely didn't interview salespeople. Mm-hmm. Uh, he met me for lunch. Uh, we spent the entire lunch talking about drug rehab. Uh, and he walked me into the general manager's office and said, uh, interview this guy. Wait, so because the insurance guy calls. The, the, so the 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 guy that I worked for at the insurance company, my right. internship, totally pulled strings yeah. to get me the job. Wow. Yeah. So it wasn't Keating's kid. That's right. It was yeah. the intern, so to speak, That's right. for the insurance company. That's right. So yeah. literally your first job was truly earned. And my first, absolutely, yeah. it, my first month, I was salesman of the month. Oh, 45 salespeople. Wow. The store, wow. Was, the store was, current, was selling between six and 800 cars a month then. Yeah. yeah. So your brash 20-year-old assumption ended up being right <laughs> on like month one. That was all, I mean, it was two things. Yeah. Number one, it was hard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was scared to death. Uh, uh, they only kept track of the top 10 salespeople, and all of the top 10 sold more than anybody at Tomball Ford where I grew up. Man, they mm-hmm. hated you. And yeah. so I yeah. thought, this is going to be... Uh, I'm going to get run over. Yeah. Uh, And so I decided uh, I was going to work bell to bell from the moment they opened, the moment they closed six days a week for one month uh, and see what happened. The other thing is that the top two, the top three salespeople all went on vacation that month. Oh, Oh, nice. So I have one salesman of the month plaque still hanging in my office today. That is, (laughs) that is amazing. From the beginning. Yeah. Normally, we, we kind of broach these kind of things later, but since you bring it up, are you yeah. okay talking about your teenage years? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah. glad. All right. Yeah. Um, How known is it that you... It's not hidden from me. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, I'm an open book about it all. So, when you were a teenager, as I'm led to understand, because you and I haven't had a whole lot of conversation about this yeah. in the past, but when you were a teenager, you kind of went down a bad path. Uh, yes. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, you know, I enjoyed having fun. Mm-hmm. Still enjoy having fun. Right. You know, the comment that I usually make about it is that uh, uh, my personality is no different today than it was then, but my drug of choice is uh, much more socially acceptable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and I'm, just I, as expensive. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. lucky enough to be yeah. able to afford it today. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, doing drugs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and you're like 16, right? 16. Yeah. From, yeah. from the moment I got my car, yeah, okay. that was freedom. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, and you know, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't enjoy alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I enjoyed doing drugs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And how did it start? Uh, uh, I, I smoked pot for the first time with my cousin at my grandparents' house at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. You know, at Christmas. Still to this day, the worst case of the munchies I ever had. <laughs> uh, 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 but um, uh, I mean, that was kind of uh, how it you know, how it started originally. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wasn't even that much into uh, into pot. I, yeah. I was more into uh, uh, you know, I, I wanted things that took me up, not right. anything that took me down. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, it, it was interesting for me. So I went through drug rehab twice in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first time, I didn't really understand what the big deal was because 
I felt like, you know, I was performing all of my duties as a 16-year-old kid. Right. As good as anybody. So you're still doing okay as like a student? I was a straight-A student. Yeah. I was vice president of the uh, uh, student council. I was Mm -hmm. treasurer of the honor society. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm doing everything. Yeah. Highly involved. And, you know, again, everything that, you know, was part of my view of my responsibility as a kid, I was doing well. Yeah, right. And so who cares what I did for fun? Uh, It was kind of my view on it. Yeah. Were you hiding it? Uh, from my parents, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your friends probably uh, are. Uh, uh, yes. But it's weird. I mean, I, I kind of had two different sets of friends. Yeah, right. Which uh, adds up. Like if you're doing had, academic stuff. I had yeah. school friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was part of a group of guys. It's so funny now when I think back to it. But, you know, kind of the, the group that I hung out with was all based on the ex-dealer. Uh, yeah. And the ex-dealer was 26. Right. Yeah. 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 And, Old man. Yeah. Boomer. Right. I'm hanging around with a bunch of guys who are a lot older than me, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and you know, uh, Al was the ex dealer, uh, and I was the acid dealer. Right. Okay. Uh, well, you uh, turned it into a business. Excellent. Exactly. <laughs> uh, of course, you did. I yeah, eighteen yeah. Did you spots. Have an, <laughs> yeah, about a network of eighteen different the, acid. The Keating, the Keating Acid Group was doing really <laughs> yeah. good for a while. My, uh, Take a uh, trip over here. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my entry to the group. Uh, uh, was uh, was that you know that's that's how I belong to that group, uh, and you know from my deal I was just having fun. But um, you know it, it wasn't until a I uh, uh, I couldn't quit, uh, and b uh, the first time I, I you know I did I felt like man what's the big deal I'm not hurting anybody. Right. I'm not even hurting myself. Well, and if you're you know, checking uh, off the boxes in your mind, you can probably control it. That's right. Right, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, you go through family week at treatment. Okay. And Who put uh, you there? Uh, my parents. Okay, yeah. so they did find uh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, my parents put me there. Okay. Uh, uh, and because I'm a minor, you know, they can do whatever they want. So I got kind of forced into that deal. And uh, uh, so you go through family week, which is really tough you know, emotional deal, get through treatment, uh, went to a halfway house in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for a summer, uh, uh, and then came back to school in Tomball. And, you know, my mom's perspective, uh, my perspective of her opinion was, okay, we've, we, we, we've, we've been there, we've done it, now we're all cured. Right. Uh, you yeah, know, right, uh, sure. uh, uh, we we've done the hard part. We've right. paid our dues. We're all going to live happily ever after. Well, this is also thirty years ago, which is a very different view from now. Yeah. 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 And so then uh, I relapsed. You know, I got back into it for because I was having fun. Uh, and when when I got caught the second time, uh, my mom completely lost it. Uh, uh, and it was the first time I realized, oh. This is about more than just me. This is the first time I realized that, okay, uh, it, you know, it felt very selfish. She literally, nervous breakdown, you know, uh, 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 my relationship with her is not the same today uh, still. Uh, but, I mean, for, for years, uh, years and years, she, uh, uh, I mean, it, it, it really affected her, and that affected me. 
uh, and so uh, I ended up going to Halfway House the second time in Oklahoma City, deciding that I was way better off to not come back to Tomball. Uh, and so uh, I, I started kindergarten when I was six. So I was my birthday's in August. So I always, you know, turned the extra age just before school started. Right. So I turned 18 right before the senior year yeah, of high school. Party begins. And so I decided to get an apartment. And I was my own legal guardian and lived on my own for my senior year of high school. No kidding. In Oklahoma City, okay. which was no big deal to me back then. Yeah. Now right, that I right. have two kids in college, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it blows my mind. Right. Yeah, I can't even imagine what was going on. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. your mom with an addict son who was a kid just walked out. Yeah. And yeah. so, like you know, yeah, I, I was, and I think that all of those experiences, you know, the experience of being on my own. Uh, in Oklahoma City uh, for my senior year of high school, you know, paying rent and paying utilities and all that stuff. Setting all uh, that up. uh, uh, That helped me a ton through college in business, you know, setting up my own. Just having that sense of reality so young. I've always been very comfortable being independent. Right. uh, uh, Or, you know, I guess the definition of being independent, not depending on others. Uh, uh, kind of going out on my own. I've always been comfortable doing that. And I think it's a result of being tossed into the deep end really early. Yeah. Where was that in all this? Uh, he was very supportive. Okay. Uh, so I now know that, you know, I, I grew up in a completely alcoholic family. My, my dad was an alcoholic. All my uncles, uh, uh, you know, I grew up in an environment where... Uh, for one person to drink a case of beer in a day uh, was not unusual. Sure. And, it, and, and if that's did, all you know. It, yeah. did, it did not cause you to be drunk. <laughs> right. And that was a typical day. Uh, but my dad got sober in family week the first time I went through. Uh, and so uh, yeah, our relationship got a lot closer throughout uh, all that. Yeah, like, how are you paying for an apartment and and the drugs? Is that family helping out or gophers? Gophers? I didn't know. Family paid for the apartment. Yeah. Okay. Um, And But by the time I got to the apartment, I was all done with the drugs. I'd gone through rehab twice already. Yeah, yeah. So how are you paying for all this? I mean, if they're paying paying, I was paying for the drugs by selling X. Okay. By selling asset, I mean. So, yeah. But I was paying for the apartment Mm -hmm. with, with family support. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. And so they were, was this part of the halfway house deal or you just chose to live on your own and they were willing to put money into that? Uh, so when I finished at the halfway house, yeah. it was time for me to come back home to Tomball. We right. all decided, hey, that didn't work last time. Mm-hmm. Let's do something different. Okay. I'm still confused why though, because like to me, and I don't, I mean, I'm not a parent nor should I ever be really. Does uh, it keep you away from the bad crowd? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. Keep me away from the friends that uh, you know can get you right back yeah, into that's it. That's right. Yeah. And so I went to a high school where uh, there were two or three, I mean, it was kind of funny as a junior, you know, in between my junior and senior year, I went around Oklahoma City shopping for high schools to decide where I wanted to go. And I got an apartment in that school district. <laughs> uh, uh, and I ended up going to a high school where I had three friends who had gone through treatment with me. Mm-hmm. So you're looking so for the only people I knew were the sober people. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And you haven't slipped since, right? I'm not, um, because historically, uh, addicts, you have to hit rock bottom to really kind of, Yeah. but I don't, I'm not hearing a rock bottom. 
It was the mom thing. That was it. I just kind of made a decision. Okay, I'm not going to go down that path. Right. I just didn't. Uh, that's right. Now, what yeah. about? Uh, do you drink at all? I don't. Yeah. Uh, and you know, my wife does. She drinks enough for the both of us, uh, and uh, it doesn't bother me to be around it because that was never my uh, my drug of choice. You know, that was never. Uh, I never enjoyed that. You know, uh, uh, I mean, the, the fact is we had some friends here uh, a couple nights ago uh, uh, who like to partake in edibles. Sure. Yeah, uh, very popular. And it's uh, 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 legal uh, here, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You're not getting anybody in trouble. Yeah. No. Well, wait, but, where, where are you listening to this podcast, fan? But, yeah. but I mean, I, mean I, I have to say, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you know, I got to stay away from those. Well, that's yeah, right, so right, like, right. That's you know, if we that were sounds here, really good. <laughs> okay. Well, that's gonna say. So, like, if, if if we were here with a, you know, a uppers, so to speak, without getting into specifics. Yeah. Would that be something you'd you'd no. have a hard time keeping away from? No. Uh, uh, no. Yeah. I I enjoy smoking a cigar. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, you know either. Smoking a cigar, going on a bike ride, or driving a race car. Yeah. Pretty well feeds the habit now. Sure. All right. <laughs> so well, that Bill Riley. Yeah. What a rap scale. Funny <laughs> joke. Um, anyway, all right. So you, uh, so you get your first car salesman uh, job. Yeah. Salesman of the month, first month in. Yeah. And it's got nothing to do with the Keating family. That's correct. So where? what's the ascension? So... Uh, again know-it-all naive (laughs) college kid drug addict i'd been selling cars for six months (laughs) right and asking for years and i can tell you that whenever when anybody who sold cars for six months will tell you they are an expert on it (laughs) you know i know everything there is to know yeah uh there's nothing i have left to learn selling cars i've been doing it for six months right i've sold a hundred of them Uh you know uh and so they had a job opening at this dealership to go into finance, uh, and they interviewed people, salespeople, uh, on the floor mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the job, and I didn't even get interviewed. Mm. I was so pissed uh, uh, that they didn't even interview me, which is just ridiculous right. now when right. I look back on it. But <laughs> it's the it's the way I felt. I was really close to my dad at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And I knew him well enough to know that he hated his used car manager. And the only reason he hadn't made a change is because he didn't have anybody to replace him with. Mm -hmm. So I said, Dad, I want to be your next used car manager. Uh, And so he ran it by my mom. My mom said, absolutely not. That is a (laughs) terrible idea. Right. Uh, uh, this is a disaster in the making, and we did it anyway. Okay. <laughs> is it because of personality conflicts, or you need to be in a position to fire them? Uh, um, she felt like I would always be known as yeah. dad's, dad's son. son. 100%. Uh, yeah. That the only reason you got the job was because yeah. you're related, not because you're good. Yeah. We have some YouTube videos we could show you later. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and so... <laughs> Uh, as far as uh, that's going. So, uh, uh, so uh, the uh, I ended up taking the job, doing very well at Tomball Ford as a used car manager. 
working my way up to being the general sales manager. So I was there for five years, uh, and my dad gave me the opportunity to buy into the dealership. So the idea was I would uh, eventually buy him out. And uh, so all the money I could save went to buying stock. Uh, and, you know, we were newly married, new kids, uh, and, you know, built a house, so on and so forth. Uh, and uh, when 9-11 happened, uh, our reactions were very, very different. You know, as a, you, you know, versus your dad. Yes. Okay. My dad was a little bit of a doomsday prepper. He'd been predicting the, uh, you know, the sky is going to fall any day now. When was he born? Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, I think he would be 77 now. So okay. he grew up with depression near parents. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And um, so, uh, you know, he, when, when 9-11 happened, he said, this is it. World War III is going to start, you know, circle the wagons, batten down the hatches. You know, uh, we got to get really serious. And, and from my perspective, this was the first time ever in the history of the world that car manufacturers were doing 0% for 60 months. And it was a big deal. Right, right, right. yeah. We were selling new cars so fast. Yeah. Uh, and so he is pulling back, going, whoa, we've yeah, got to go. And, and I'm full throttle. <laughs> uh, the end result is that we had a knockdown, drag out fight on the showroom. Wow. Uh, a shouting match more. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but in uh, front of people. Uh, yes. Okay. And I got fired. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and he said... I don't give a shit what you do with your stock. I'm not going to buy it. So all the money I could save went into buying stock in the dealership. Uh, he wouldn't buy it. It was very ugly. Uh, attorneys involved. Oh, uh, wow. You know, Against uh, your own father. Uh, yes. Yeah. I had a tax liability. You know, I had to pay tax on the income from the dealership, but there were no distributions from the dealership to pay the tax. So I had a tax liability and no money to pay it. Uh, and... You know, I remember, you know, I, I had I had a $1,700 house payment because we just, you know, we, we just moved into our dream home or whatever. I had a $1,700 house payment, and I had $1,200 in the bank. Uh, and so I, I went to a, a dealer friend, and uh, I used his dealer license to go to the auction. I bought two cars. Uh, I turned them around uh, and wholesaled them to another dealer for a $500 a profit each, made a thousand bucks, and that's how I made my house payment. Uh, uh, and I was unemployed for six months, uh, looking for an opportunity to buy a dealership. Uh, and the Ford dealer in Port Lavaca, Texas, had gone broke twice in seven years. Ford wanted to shut it down, but, uh, you know, uh, We've talked a little bit in previous conversations about, uh, you know, the car business being a high cash intensity, cash intensive business. Uh, and this guy that had gone broke in Port Lavaca owed Ford Credit a ton of money. Mm -hmm. So Ford Motor Company wanted to shut it down because two guys had gone broke in seven years. Ford Credit said, no, we don't want to shut it down because we still we they, they, they owe yeah. us a lot of money. Yeah, right. So uh, I had a really good relationship with Ford Credit. 
uh, I uh, bought the dealership at Port Lavaca Ford, and I got Ford credit to break their lending rules, and they loaned the money to me to get in there and do it. Uh, so it's uh, almost like a short sale for a car dealership. With no cash. Wow. Uh, you know, I borrowed, I, I needed to have 340 grand uh, to get into the dealership. I borrowed 340 grand from my grandfather, and I had to prove to Ford, uh, uh, I had to prove to Ford that uh, that this money, I've always had this money and it's unencumbered, and you know, it's, it's not borrowed or whatever. Oh, wow. Uh, so I went to Crosby State Bank and I opened a CD for 340 grand. Uh, and the very next day, I terminated the CD and I paid the penalty. And but I went to Ford Credit visible. to, I got paperwork from the bank. I showed you cashed out. I cashed out my CD <laughs> that I've always had. That's you right. want to say it, Ryan? Go yeah. for it. So uh, something we've noticed with the racers, especially successful ones, <laughs> there's always some scam that got them going. Yeah. Whether it's lying about your age to get in the pits or lying to creditors. Yeah, lying to creditors <laughs> yeah. that this bank account that you just cashed out you'd had your whole life, yeah. not yeah. just the day before. Yeah. So, because yeah, I'm doing the math in my head, I'm like, well, how do you have, if you have no money to pay a tax liability yeah. and a mortgage, yeah. how are you buying car dealerships, even with a credit yeah. deal? So you got a little bit of help from grandpa. That's right. But, and know. then uh, I settled with my dad. The lawsuit. Yes. Is so, that like, like you guys had to settle? No. It was, you know, it's, at that point in time, you know, with, with two kids and, and my wife and, and you know, uh, everything, at that point in time, I decided that my standard of living, I needed to make at least 15 grand a month. Okay. And when we got going at Port Lavaca Ford, I very quickly realized, okay, we're going to be okay. I'm going to make at least 180 grand a year, which is which was what I had to meet for me to be comfortable. And uh, once I realized that, then I decided, yeah, I'm going to be okay. I don't need to argue about all this other stuff, and so I'll just settle for. Uh, uh, and it got really ugly with my dad, so I went to my mom and said, "You know, uh, whatever you decide to pay me for it, I'll sell it." And we realistically thought they may give us one dollar. <laughs> okay. That bad? I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Realistically, yeah. we thought that was a possibility, and we were willing to live with it. And this right. was all over shares. Yes, this okay. was uh, uh, this was twenty five percent of Tomball Ford, Tom Ford. Mm -hmm. yeah. as a business, mm -hmm. uh, thirty three percent of all the real estate and buildings from uh, that old at campus. the at yeah. the deal, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I mean it was worth a ton of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh, right. Uh, and uh, uh, so, uh, I mean, they gave me a million dollars for my shares yeah. for my stock yeah and you thought you uh, might just get a dollar i thought i might get a dollar yeah uh yeah. I, I took 340 and i paid back my grandfather yep settles his and dad, so I like uh, and my dad never knew how in the world i was able to get port lavaca yeah. ford right uh, right uh, that was all done under the table uh, uh and i took the other 660 grand and i bought the dodge chrysler jeep dealership across the street <laughs> uh <laughs> And so three months after buying the Ford store, we bought the Dodge Chrysler Jeep store. Uh, 18 months later, we bought the Chevy store. So anytime we could get any money put together, we were... So you basically said, this is my standard of living. I'm good here. And then anything uh, in it. So 
I mean, I, I, we were broke. Okay. And well, yeah, you're very leveraged at this point. Uh, I, you know, before before <laughs> Port Lavaca Ford, we were broke, and we didn't have any money, and we were, you know, it, it was some of the best years uh, we'd had, best months. I mean, in terms I, of sales. No, in terms of my relationship life, with my yeah. uh, my you know, life, young family yeah. and the whole bit, my yeah. Yeah, yeah, my kids, my wife. You're hungry, you know, uh, and uh, you know what I said was, you know, there's that old. You know, most people think of it as a Janis Joplin song of me and my Bobby McGee. <laughs> uh, I think it was written by Chris Christopherson, but uh, uh, the sure. uh, uh, but you know the the old line in there of freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Yeah. Uh, you know, my feeling was. I've I've had nothing uh, not that long ago, and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And so uh, uh, I felt very comfortable betting it all. I mean, I was always, you know, pushing it into the middle of the table. So you're just going all in on everything you're doing. Leveraging for the first seven dealerships we bought, uh, we were 100% leveraged. So your credit uh, lines at this point are just sketchy as oh, all hell. Oh, <laughs> maxed. Right. Maxed. Right, and, and, and you, then and you did this during the seven-year beautiful window between 2001 and 2008. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so when 2008 you came timed out, it right? Yeah. Man. Uh, well, I almost didn't make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah at uh, leverage for sure. Uh, you know, I had uh, I had 18 million dollars worth of loans with Chrysler Financial. Yeah. When they went bankrupt, yeah. uh, and uh, you know the way the government did that is they kind of merged Chrysler Financial with GMAC. And uh, they turned it into, you know, uh, uh, or they, they, they did a deal with Ally Bank, which was now a federally, you know, FDIC, a federally regulated bank. And all the loans that I'd gotten were what we call a captive. So it was owned by the manufacturer. They could make up their own rules for lending money. And none of my loans fit any of the rules that a federally regulated bank would follow. Uh, and so, you know, all this went down in 09. Uh, I remember where I was sitting in 2010 when they finally got, I mean, I just imagine somebody in an office in Detroit looking at a stack yeah, of folders yeah, yeah. and they get to mine and they're like, stick it right back to the bottom every time. It yeah, took right. forever to Did get to us. Right. Sure. And I remember where I was standing where they called me and said, I'm sorry, Mr. Keating, but we can't do anything for you. That was some of the best wheeling and dealing uh, I've, I've ever done uh, to get out of that trap. Yeah. You know, uh, we had to come up with five and a half million dollars uh, that we did not have uh, uh, to not uh, to be able to get to a spot that they would be willing to uh, uh, handle our loans. <laughs> Uh, and uh, well, what, so, what would be the consequences if they said no? Like you would lose a dealership, you'd be yeah. out. I'm yeah. Done. You're just out of money. Bankrupt. Yeah. Out of, uh, yeah. uh, insolvent. Yeah. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, what we did is we whittled down our business. We couldn't afford to have used cars. Right. You traded in a car with me, I'd sell it the next day because yeah. I needed the cash. Right. We right. we we had almost no operating capital, uh, uh, and it was a scary time. I've noticed that every time he starts talking about things like that, his eyes really yeah, wide. You like up. seem so happy about I, wheeling yeah. and dealing. Abs- like this all adds well, up very quickly. I'm just happy. I, I'm happy that we live to tell the story. Well, right, <laughs> right. But like every time he's like, so then what I did was. Well, but if, if we're going there also, like this very I'm on the edge behavior yeah. 
is very in line with an addict. Absolutely. Um, and it's yeah. very in line yeah. with somebody that likes racing. Yeah. You know, yep. same, yeah. absolutely, like, I'm only comfortable if I'm uncomfortable kind yeah. of attitude. Yeah. Sure. So. That's, uh, that's very, very true. Yeah. You know, I, I love the car business. Right. And a lot of it has to do with that. I mean, it's, 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 You've got to make it it's work. It's gambling every yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. How's Kathleen with all this? She's still here. As long as, long as uh, we can pay the bills, she's okay. Yeah. 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 You know, those years post 08, 09, post Great Recession, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah. Huh. You know, the price of oil was over $100 a barrel. You know, uh, uh, the economy in Texas just went berserk. They've been crazy good years. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, it just kind of, uh, everything kind of fell into place. Which is kind of in line with when you started really going big in racing. It is. Yeah. Okay. It, that's not a coincidence. Yeah, right. By right. any means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My first endurance race, you know, I, I spent my inheritance. What? I didn't have any money. You know, uh, we're talking about uh, you know, January of 2011. Right. Because you and I met. January 2011, doing Daytona with yes. with what team? A customer racing team at the time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and you were telling us off, uh, kind of offline, that this was basically your your grandfather's inheritance. Yes, I could not afford to go racing. Uh, uh, I could not afford to take money out of the business. Uh, everything was super super tight. Uh, my grandparents had left me a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that the amount of money that they left me was almost exactly equal to what it cost for a seat at Daytona. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> did you tell this story to Kevin before or after he gave you no. the price? No. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, no. yeah, because I was like, I bet it did. Kevin, yeah. I just inherited 150 grand. That's great. Did you know? How much is it, Brian? <laughs> no. Uh, Boy, have I got good news for you. <laughs> That's not going to include the roar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you want a tires? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah. We, could, we, <laughs> yeah. we could go on for a we long time with yeah. those stories. Sure could. Yeah, <laughs> we could. Sir. Um, we've but, got time. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know that it it, uh, it ex- you know it was about what it cost for a seat. Yeah. And I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to be okay without this money. Yeah. You know, this money is not going to change my lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, you know, I think my grandparents would love to see me go do something I would enjoy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so that's what I ended up doing with it. Uh, and that was 2011. Right. At that time, I was still doing Viper Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, which, uh, you know, I, I wanted to make the move from Viper Cup kind of club racing to go world challenge racing in a viper yeah. yeah at that point in time well and to go back a couple steps so viper dealerships and dodge have always been a really big part of your deal um and so your first foray into racing period was in in the viper club or whatever that's correct called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and so you weren't like carting for years or anything like that it no. was straight into these yeah. vipers yeah. yeah my first race ever was 2007 yeah okay but in this Viper Cup, which is basically like Porsche Cup or yeah. for a challenge, but yeah. for a kind of a different niche. Yeah, much smaller level. Yeah. yeah. So from what I've learned, your your wife got you addicted to this? She gave me a Christmas present. Right. It was all her for fault. A, for a DE weekend at Texas World Speedway in yeah. College Station. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yes. 
so wish it was still there. That place is badass. Mm. Yeah. All right. So so now you've got a little bit of inheritance. Well, you, you won like the championship a handful of times, right? In Viper I, stuff. I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I won uh, uh, in in my class uh, of you know old GTS cars. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are only three people in my class, but I won that class. Yeah. Hey, uh, when's in, the win? In 2008. Then I went moved up to Competition Coupe. Mm-hmm. I won that in 2009 and 2010. Yeah. And then I did Viper Cup, which was a spec series uh, in their ACR in uh, 10, 11, 12. I got second place in 10 and won the championship in 11 and 12. Okay. Yeah, I remember whoever wrote that. TRG press release when you first showed up, really playing that up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a really <laughs> rough time with with uh, uh, with Kevin on that whole deal. Oh. Uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That I made a. But uh, it, it, it worked out awesome because I, I, mean, uh, I, I will say I feel like I played my cards pretty well. Yeah, you made it work. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of, you know. Uh, uh, I got to know Dominic Farnbacher out of that deal. Yeah, well, and I've got a couple of questions about that, but um, I mean, we—I I will try not to make it too much of a session. Do here. it. Um, <laughs> but you would be what, at that time, some of us might call a mark, uh, <laughs> because you know, wide-eyed. I know my Viper Club racing, so I'm ready for the Daytona 24. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got money to burn, and I'm wide-eyed, and I'm excited about this, and and. And I know this for a fact because the exchanges that you would show up with in terms of like, oh, can is there anybody at TRG that can get on iRacing with me and stuff like that? Like these are the things that a young, excited guy mm-hmm. would ask. And those of us who know how the operation works are like, oh, this poor guy. <laughs> yeah. He has no idea. Yeah. Um, I was a mark, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, you know, um, Kevin was amazing at keeping his ear to the ground. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, ear, to the, he, ear to the wallet? Uh, if he was not <laughs> as aggressive of a salesperson as he was, there's no way I would have found IMSA. Uh, Is that true? I really believe it was. I wasn't looking for endurance sports car racing. But you were, you wanted to do World Challenge. Which was sprint racing. Right, but if you go to World Challenge, you're going to – what are you guys doing at Daytona this weekend? Yeah, but, I'm trying to not give him any credit whatsoever. <laughs> I, I understand. I'll, I'll, but, but I'll actually back Kevin up but, on this one and you because, like, World Challenge 2011 was not – Yeah, was, but you like, would still – those are the same paddocks that you're going to see guys that race at IMSA as well. it was – Kind of like teams there. Yeah, so I had a – the guy that wrapped my Vipers – was familiar with a Ferrari team that was coming from Italy. They needed one more driver. And so the, you know, the guy that wrapped my race cars connected me with a Ferrari guy to, to do Daytona. Yeah. Uh, sure. You bet. Yeah, I'll do it. Is that the one where the guy drove backwards? Well, it, is I that mean, the yellow car? Uh, I now know that that would have been a total Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, sure. it was a disaster. Yeah. They didn't it, – it all blew up before the race happened. Uh-huh. I remember that. Dale yeah. Tony Dow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember them packing. I think Alan Julian drove that thing. Yeah. They were supposed uh, to. They, yeah. uh, it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not going. Right. Well, then out of the blue, my phone rings. Literally out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my phone rings, and it's Kevin introducing him, saying, hey, I hear you lost your ride. Yeah. You know, how about going with me? And I don't know how I knew this, but I knew, uh, I'm like, you know, it, it, his his reputation preceded him. Yeah. 
And so uh, I, uh, I said, it. I'll call you in two minutes. <laughs> I said, yes, yeah. I would love that. But you have a reputation of having one or two cars that have a chance. Yeah. And 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 two or three cars that are just there for the experience. I don't know what you mean. And I said, uh, I'm absolutely only interested if I have a chance. Yeah. Oh, bud. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, bud. And he said, okay, no problem. Bud. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, then he called me all excited and said, uh, oh, man, I've got a great deal for you. I've got exactly what you were looking for. You're in the uh, business of car sales. <laughs> I'm not going to name the person that he tried to pair me with. Oh, you, I, uh, uh, you, we can edit these. <laughs> oh, <man. gasps> you got. Yeah, well, he, he tried. This is going to bleep. This. We're going to bleep this. Yeah, Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he tried he to. Tried. He's like, I got exactly what you wanted. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, I, I I went ballistic on Kevin. Oh, I, nice. Because you knew. Pissed off. Yeah, right. Because you knew right. enough about, like, cause, yeah. because we had to bleep all those names, because you knew enough about that, <laughs> that driver, yeah. that one specific driver. You're like, I know this guy's a disaster. That's right. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I, I've told you, ex- I mean, I've been an open book. Yes, yeah. I'll give you all my money, but I only want to be in a winning car. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And you just tried to f- me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and I got really mad. Good yeah. for you. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so, but at the time, we were trying to put a deal together with three paying drivers, uh, uh, so that it wouldn't cost all of my inheritance. Uh, uh, and what we ended up doing was uh, two drivers. Yes. Uh, because that was the only way to make it work. Uh, and I was teamed with, uh, uh, um, well, I know the pros. I don't remember who your pay driver was. Oh, yes, was. you do. Uh, we talk about them often. Yes. Instagram stories. You Wait, did you really? <laughs> I don't remember. So 2011, you got, you got all TTJR? Uh, 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 well, we're not believing that name. That name's going in. Uh, we should have named. What's his name? Tim, Tim George. Thank you, sir. Tim George, my boy. You uh, need to hang out with us more often, and, or get uh, on Instagram. And uh, uh, oh my gosh, because uh, like uh, I forgot uh, about that. Because like he was, like you I got it all day. You and Tim. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's not a match. He had the Nos Energy Drink girls. Sure, everywhere. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. Yes. Well, they came with part of the sponsorship, bro. Big sponsorship. Big sponsorship. Up on the stand, yeah. He had, the whole weekend he had a hooker up on the stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Poor girl. I don't know what he was paying her, but it wasn't enough. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I love. And you have these stories for days. I love you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was you two, and then Dominic. You had two pros with Dominic and Dominic Lucas. and. Uh, Did you have Romaine? Lucas. I had Lucas. Uh, uh, Lucas. I'm pretty sure it was Lucas and Dominic. Maybe yes, I'm wrong. absolutely. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Lucas yeah. Lure. Yeah. yeah, Lucas Lure. I thought yeah. Lucas was was 2013, but that was your. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. How'd the race go? We were running in third, uh, and with an hour and a half left to go in the race, we lost our differential. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, I was mostly pissed off about that because that enabled uh, uh, us to be beaten by Patrick Dempsey. Right. Uh, in the Mazda at the time. Yeah. Which you know, for me. As my first endurance race, it was a big deal to beat Patrick Dempsey. Because you he's know, another gentleman driver type? Or? Uh, because, you know, I, I used to watch Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> and I could say I beat McDreamy. Right, right. Uh, it's good to have but goals. it was a great experience. Yeah. Even though we didn't finish, yep. I was completely hooked. Okay, so that gets you in the paddock. Um, and then uh, somehow you get paired yeah, up with so this uh, William P. Riley. Is that well, that right? No, so I, uh, at that point, I was either going to go... 
um, World Challenge, mm-hmm. or uh, I opted instead because I wanted to go Viper. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go Viper, uh, and I opted instead to stay in American Le Mans series. Right. At, this, at this point, you'd started like Viper Exchange, and they're like you had a real stake that's in right. selling Viper. That's right. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I made the decision to go ALMS in the GTC class, yeah. doing a spec Porsche Cup car. Mm-hmm. With Kevin yep. again for a third year, uh, uh, and and uh, I did that for the sole reason of staying close to SRT mm-hmm. uh, because they were doing coming. the Viper yeah. program GTLM. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what do you mean to stay close to SRT in the sense that GTC was so sort of brand neutral? I was going to be at the same racetracks with them. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was at that point in time. I was already the number one volume Viper dealer in the country. Yeah. That started in '09. And so uh, I was incredibly connected with the Viper community, mm-hmm. and they were all at the tracks. I just won the Viper Cup in 2011 and 2012, mm-hmm. and I was able to convince Ralph to build, uh, to convince, you know, really it's convincing Ralph to build a GT3 and the, car. And this is Ralph Gilles, the, who was sort yes. of the, the head cheese at the time. At the time, he was a head of SRT, yeah. and uh, that was the connection to Bill Riley. Because he built the GT3R. Yep, yep. yep. And a dynasty began. Yeah. There and a cardboard go. cutout began. Yep. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, well it, was, it was really nice lot, having man. dinner we with you, man. Yeah, take care. <laughs> uh, all right. So then you do the uh, Viper stuff in um, IMSA. I believe, and I have not, this is based on no factual data, but okay. I believe you have um, the highest rated IMSA video, possibly of all time, but certainly right. of 20, 2014. More now oh, than yeah, any of course. Other yeah, yes. Highlight, if you I will. believe, yeah, it was, I Man, believe you yeah. made every highlight reel. And on that, I was on fire. <laughs> uh, I, I am talking about uh, uh, melting a, a brand new GT3R Viper. This was like uh, the second race yeah. in Sebring. the history of this that's car. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. right. We just come into the pit stop and just filled the fuel uh, yeah. cell. Because it's like second stint of the whole race. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's early uh, on. And. Um, you know, I was talking about some really hard shifting. Like the car's shifting really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't have enough experience in the car to really know, you know, uh, that I should have stopped and said, "No, figure this out. This has got a problem." Right. Right. Really yeah. Well, yeah. and you also don't have enough experience for them to listen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, like he uh, doesn't know. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I leave pit lane, and it is. Now, instead of a hard shift, it is clang, 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 really, really loud, really hard. And I come on the radio and said, Bill, you know, we've got a serious problem. I'm coming right back in. Yeah. (laughs) And he says, okay. So. uh, It probably would have been Greg. What I now know is, yeah, it probably would have been. But uh, the drive shaft, the the, the Mm U-joint had broken because of all those hard shifts. It had broken. The drive shaft beat yeah. the uh, the the sheet metal up so much that it finally got to the uh, fuel cell mm-hmm. or the fuel line, and it cut the fuel line. Yeah, and so you know the car quits running, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know why, <laughs> but I'm rolling you know in between turns five and and seven, yeah. uh, uh, and I'm hitting the starter. Fuel, 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 fuel. And it, it won't start. It won't start. Yeah. Like, I got a problem. 
and that car it had a, a solid bulkhead yeah so you didn't have a mirror mm-hmm. you had a rear view camera uh, and on the rear view camera it's right by the starter so i'm hitting the starter button and i'm looking at the camera yeah. right there by my finger yeah and uh i see two stripes of flame just like back to the future right <laughs> yeah out the rear view camera yeah. that's how fast you were going uh, yeah it is and i said guys i'm on fire i'm getting out yeah yeah uh, uh and so i got out uh and i forgot to unplug my radio mm-hmm. and so i got out and started to run and it jerked me <laughs> it jerked me back to the car yeah uh and uh it, so i walk up to the car i unplug and when, uh, now I had pumped, I had pumped a puddle of fuel underneath yeah, the car. Yeah, right. And so when I walked back to the car, I stepped in the puddle. Oh, oh gosh. And then as I walked over to the fence on the grass, everywhere I stepped, it was fire, 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 <laughs> fire, fire, because I, my feet were covered in fuel. So uh, cruising with the monkey, defend that. Oh wow! Look at that breath. This yes. of all the questions we couldn't yes. ask. <laughs> like, yes. Like, oh, I was fine with the rehab. <laughs> disaster. What the goddamn monkey? It was disaster. Yeah. All right. So let's give some. Such con- a, it was such a good idea when we no, came up with it. No, it was never a good idea, sir. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think so. It was. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember ever being consulted. Um, <laughs> so let's 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 set set up some context because it didn't go well because no one cares. Uh, so let's give some context. So there's a entity out there. Right, the the gas monkey garage. Yes, uh, and that is uh, Richard Rollins. He's got a TV show. Look at how mad he is. Uh, this is the most mad I've, I've ever seen. Never seen such an angry yeah. Ben. And remember, we're it's on your anger. we're on your side. It's okay. not anger. <laughs> it's disappointment. It, it, it's uh, just uh, a headache that came with it. Uh, did we finally cross the line? Are we finally no, out from Ben? Uh, damn it! No <laughs> one knows. No one knows how much that cost me. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. let's get into this. Yeah. Okay, so, so let's get uh, let's set up some context. Assume, yeah. It was designed <laughs> to be a racing sponsorship. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it ended up being a double pain. Uh, it cost me more than a full season of racing. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's go back a step. Um, so <laughs> Gas Monkey Garage is a basically a television brand that had some investors that were trying to make it beyond a television show. Is that a fair way of putting it with Richard uh, Rowling? I mean, uh, I'll even go so far as to say, you know, uh, he ended up having four television shows. And, right. and he is maybe the best marketer of himself yeah that i've ever seen yeah i can see that yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, i mean he made it as a television show yeah uh, and he was unbelievably good at selling his brand and his idea and himself mm-hmm. uh, uh, to get stuff done where he had zero risk right yeah yeah right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's almost like he could sell his own brand of douches. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, so Richard Rawlings is a thing, and so there was a period of time a few years ago where all of a sudden there was this expansion of the brand where yeah. there was clothing line that was going to go out and his yeah. own energy drink, which is never a red flag. Yeah. And um, <laughs> Gas Monkey Bar and Grill. But yeah, yeah. Gas Monkey yeah. everything, and it's like to any sixty-year-old dude with a goatee, it's yeah. like I'm in. That's my guy. Yeah. Um, right, it's right. like Guy Fieri, but for cars. And uh, well, Gar Fieri has like a skill set. Fair. <laughs> yeah, this guy's just like oh, I'm loud and I right. say vulgar. Shit. Right. Um, Edgy guy. But uh, but you was it was this was this wasn't solely your idea, right? No. Okay. This was a a crazy combination of different people who wanted to help. So there was an idea. <laughs> so that uh, it was, so, let's just go with the title first, and then we'll explain what it is. Yeah. So. Uh, 
Okay. I had a, a, a lady that out. worked for a cruise line okay. uh-huh. uh, who is uh, still a super fan, mm-hmm. great lady, mm-hmm. uh, and she worked for a cruise line. She was trying to figure out a way to, for the cruise line to uh, uh, sponsor uh, our race car, okay. our Viper. And for anyone listening in December of 2020, yeah. Cruise Lines kids. <laughs> yeah, they used to be this thing They used to be did. this thing that everyone did. Um, and but anyway, so, so she is part of a, a, cru- uh, a cruise line. That's right. Yeah. yeah, okay. And at the same time, uh, Gas Monkey, Richard Rollins, was mm-hmm. a spokesperson for Dodge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, he had and, those commercials, uh, right? Yeah. And yeah. he had just gotten onto the Dodge uh, uh, NHRA drag car. Mm-hmm. He had just gotten on to Sage Karam's IndyCar. Right. And is this the energy drink at this point? Uh, uh, well, okay. Uh, uh, the the energy drink was on the IndyCar. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was – the energy drink was different investors. Okay. Yeah. But um, uh, so you know, he wanted to get into racing, but he wanted to represent Dodge because that was his brand mm-hmm. at the time. Sure. And, and so <clears> – <throat> I had several meetings with him in Dallas, where the garage is, uh, and we were all trying to figure out on how can, you know, uh, I'm having these meetings with Karen over in the cruise lines, mm-hmm. of how can the cruise lines help me? So she just wants to get involved somehow, not necessarily related That's right. to him. Just That's like, right. I've got this ability uh, to do something. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I want to use our cruise company to help you. Richard is saying... You know, I want to ha- to help you. I want to have a gas monkey Viper mm-hmm. in endurance racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't want to pay for it. Yeah. And, you know, I want you to be able to use my brand, use my name, use my everything to generate money for you. Uh, and I don't want to pay for it. You're a car salesman. Yeah, this I'm going to keep saying yeah, this. Yeah, this is uh, on you, man. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I will tell you that I believed it would work very well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you that I got a, I chartered yeah. an entire cruise line. Yeah. Yeah. An yeah. Entire yeah. ship. And what was the name of the project, Ben Keening? Uh, cruising with the Monkey. <sighs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. And. Ryan, were you consulted uh, on this? No, I was not. The idea. Sean? I was not consulted either, oh, Ryan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so the idea was that Richard mm-hmm. has five million sure rabid fans all over the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that he uh promoted this whole thing on his social media and all those types Wait, of did things he have five million twitter followers yeah probably uh, not okay <laughs> uh, and you know, this amazon if, show if <laughs> it, show if idea. we get one tenth of one percent of his following to uh to be excited about going on a cruise with richard yeah well, no, then that, this one, is going to be awesome. One tenth of one percent of five million would be fifty people. Would have been better than what we got. Okay. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> uh, uh, it was ugly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I I gave away most of the cruise spots. Yeah. If we're being mean girls, yeah, we were tracking it. Yeah, we were keeping an eye on this. Um, so you're, it, it was a giant cruise liner, right? Yeah. And basically, you scratched the check. Basically, as like the wholesaler. Yeah. Trying to resale individual. Yeah. Okay, so let's take away the fact that Sean and I thought it was a horrible idea when we first heard about it. How many people signed up not racing related? Like Richard Rawlings people signed up to take I don't remember. Yeah. But there were quite a few. Okay. Oh, there were. So okay. then, it wasn't zero. So then where, where's the disconnect? 
Like uh, who, who set the number versus not getting enough to make it worth your while? Um, uh, I don't know. What was the target number you were t- – not necessarily financially. I, I just don't remember. Yeah. Do you remember uh, the target? I, I think it was a target of – you know, if we got 2,500 rooms yeah. done, yeah. then it was a huge win. Okay. If we got 1,500 rooms done, mm-hmm. it was pretty good, and we needed like 1,000 rooms to break even. Okay. And you did not break even? Nope. Okay. So in your head, 1,000 would have been real easy to hit Absolutely. when you first signed up. So you, Absolutely. You, Please hold for FBI. Yeah. What, what is going on? <laughs> this is like the fourth black helicopter that's yeah. gone past us. So, uh, so you didn't get even break-even numbers. No. Yeah. And no. you probably su- – so, and you, uh, out of pocket, rented an entire cruise line yeah. thinking this is easy. Yeah. Th- at least, at the very least, you're not going to yeah. lose your ass well, on this. Okay, so if you're trying to fill a 1,000 rooms, and this guy has that big of a following, and he is a legitimate celebrity by this point, what what happened? Like, did he not promote it from his side? Did uh, too much money for that? I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I just – don't know. Yeah, I I uh, I thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. yeah. So you thought you uh, legitimately thought that like your over a thousand number would have paid for your season or somewhere close to it. Uh, w- over a thousand would have broke even. Yeah. I didn't right. have to. Didn't cost so if me you anything. Did, and yeah. if you'd sold twenty five hundred, twenty five hundred would have made a ton of money. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we've been friends for a while. Yeah. Also, I just want to point out to the listeners that yeah. this is like Scott Tucker levels of of, of effort. Of, well, yeah. no, just uh, the, the, okay. the now we're crossing the line. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, when we sat down with Scott and we would ask him questions that were serious, his body language changed and was very like intimidating. Yeah. And, he, is, well, and he like never stopped looking at a salad. Yeah, this we, is this is Scott Tucker like levels of intimidation it's, right it's now. Like colder, like yeah. you are mad. Right. Okay. I just I I feel like we've we've been friends for a while. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, yes, you and Ryan thought this was a bad idea from the beginning. Yeah, and you never consulted with us. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so now you know to always go to us. Um, <laughs> uh, we had an idea at the time that we never executed. That's correct. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Would this have put me in? Uh, would this have put us <laughs> right in the never speak to them again category? We were going to fund a ticket for one particular guest. Me, because <laughs> hey, you're on a uh, boat. <laughs> like, there's no can't get away from them. <laughs> we were gonna do it. Every we were meal. very committed to this idea. Every poolside. And then, yeah. and then when we heard it wasn't going well, we thought it was me. Yeah. So then we, we were like, "Oh, well, we can't hey, even joke about this." Hey, yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'll take you money any way you give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Yeah, I know it was ugly. Yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't have helped. It yeah. would have. It would have helped. It would have helped. <laughs> we were really we serious about really it. We really were going to do We were this, like looking yeah. at our budget. We're like, okay, yeah, we, like, Continental could pay for we this. We even looked into a fake website um, yeah. to make it seem like it was a prize. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, Man. Yeah. It got, like, yeah, it it got, got real cold out here. The dynamic changed. <laughs> so right. uh, is that over? Like, or, like yeah. did, was there any sort of like, okay – we're done now or like did it come to an a, a no. head just like he's bought lots of cars from me since then oh okay, okay. Well, right. so, so you made some you know, money yeah in, so. in another thousand years or so we'll make it up right uh, <laughs> um, it, it, uh, uh, well yeah, if he's a customer you're not gonna say anything too bad but so richard rawlings had no skin so to speak in this game no okay he went his skin was he 
uh, he he had to go on the cruise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he get an appearance fee? Participate? No. Okay. Yeah. Participate in everything. Yeah. You know. Uh, and uh, oh man, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You strike he, me as a different personality. Than he his. was a rowdy dude. Yeah. Uh, you don't strike me as the same type. Uh, he was uh, kind of fall on your face drunk almost the whole time. Yeah. Uh, it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So 2019 Le Mans, you guys did something that had not been done previously, the Ford GT, customer which car. had, yeah, there had, there had never been a customer version of that car yeah. between your Ford dealerships, Bill's relationships, so on and so forth. You get a deal with Ford and, and the, the Ganassi boys to let you guys run a customer car in the GT Am class. You have a good race, you cross the line first, and the next day you are penalized for the fuel capacity being too large by four tenths of a liter, four tenths of a liter. You oh, can't you can't see this on the podcast, but I'm holding up a 12 ounce can. Yeah, yeah. right. That is uh, how much too much capacity we had. Uh-huh. Uh, and to put it in perspective, we were burning. You know, we had a 96 liter fuel cell. Mm-hmm. We were burning six and a half liters per lap. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that would have been, you know, one fifteenth of a liter. I'm sorry, of a, of a, of a stint. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, doing that wrong. Of a lap. Of a lap. Yeah. Of a lap. Yeah. We would have gotten to turn three. On just uh, that. uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, so I don't feel like we had any kind of a, a, of a competitive advantage because of it, Mm -hmm. but we were really struggling with the car, uh, with the Ford GT uh, early on, uh, because, uh, the, the, the car, because they had put so much weight in the car and they'd taken so much power away from the car, uh, it was, it was a, it was a difficult car to go fast in. Mm-hmm. You had to learn how to drive it. Uh, and, um, uh, and the, uh, now that I'm racing a Porsche, I can tell you that, uh, more than any other car in the field, the Porsche is way more affected by the weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the Porsches were all qualifying very fast. They were all in the pole. Yeah. You know, like the t- four of the top five were Porsches because they were able to do a really light fuel, you know, mm-hmm. uh, new tires, a qualifying rung that you wouldn't be able to do in the race. You can't, yeah. you, you just can't do that. Uh, but they were able to do a qualifying run and they were. Uh, two, three, four seconds a lap faster than we were. We were so far off the pace, uh, but this was a brand new car with a brand new fuel cell. Fuel cell is a metal box with a rubber bladder inside of it. Mm-hmm. It's the team's responsibility to manage capacity. Yeah, right. And so we set it at 96 liters. Uh, and as we were driving in practice, that fuel cell, the rubber bladder was fitting into the corners and nooks and crannies of that metal box better. Yeah. And when it would fit better, the in, the, the capacity would inc- increase. Every time we came in, we would uh, use a, a Bowser, which is a big box that just measures how much fuel you took out. Mm-hmm. It, we'd fill it up on the rig, and then we would pump it out with the Bowser to measure how much capacity we had. Yeah. And we kept on having too much, and we'd put in another block. Uh, you, you put in these little plastic blocks mm-hmm. to block off capacity. So we yeah. put in another block. All week long, we kept on putting in more blocks, putting in more blocks. Yeah. And as we got towards the race, they started to get less and less and less and less. And we felt like, okay, we finally reached the equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We finally reached the point where it's not going to stretch anymore. We've got 96 liters. Yeah. 
and we don't have any margin to give. You know, the difference for, you know, I realize that, you know, that four tenths of a liter got us from, you know, from the start finish, maybe to turn three. Yeah. But the flip side of that is that if that meant we could do one more lap before having to come in, then uh, uh, we couldn't give that up. Yeah. So, so, you know, hindsight being 2020, yes, we should have gone 95 and a half liters capacity. We didn't. We set it at 96. A, because we thought it was done expanding, and B, we were looking at how fast our competitors were and saying, man, we don't have any margin to give. Yeah, right. Uh, and so we set it right at 96 liters. Uh, and the year before, so the year before, it would have been 18, I raced in a Ferrari with Reese mm-hmm. at Le Mans. We got third place. Uh, uh, Proton, you know, Dempsey Proton won the race. Mm-hmm. And... I was totally enamored by their strategy. Uh, uh, they had a bizarre strategy that didn't make any sense to me, and they won the race because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's that engineering geek in me comes <laughs> out, and I go into studying the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and I got all excited about it. So <laughs> I came into Lamar this year with a very uh, uh, specific strategy of how I want to run, and that's what we did. And it was unbelievably, it worked well. We got really lucky, uh, uh, but uh, with the way they do the safety cars at Le Mans, mm-hmm. there are three of them, mm-hmm. they split the track up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, so we ran Jerome and Felipe, our two fast guys, over and over and over and over and over and over and over for the first uh, uh, 12 hours of the race. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get in the car at all. Uh, because we wanted to get enough of a lead mm-hmm. uh, that when a safety car came out, we had a chance of leapfrogging everybody, uh, getting in the next safety car group, yeah. which, which then gives you a two-minute gap. Yeah, it's massive. Gap. Yeah. Uh, and so that happened three times <laughs> for us. Yeah. And we got to where we were one lap in the, uh, in the lead. Yeah because of the strategy that we did, which was copying Proton from the year before. Yeah, right. What the requirement of that was is that I still had to do six hours of the race. Yeah. I did all of my six hours of driving in the last nine hours of the race. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, but that meant you had to maintain that gap. So instead of only having to go out there and instead of having to go out there and really focus on doing fast laps yeah. and racing, all I had to do was take care of the car. Yeah, right. right. You know, I'm out there just, you, you want to pass me? Go right ahead. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. I, I'm not going to fight anybody. Just don't touch me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had a three-minute lead. Uh, and so I'm just cruising around taking care of the car. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, anyway, the strategy worked. Uh, everything went well. And uh, we won. Uh, you know, as you've said you know, we did 24 hours worth of racing. Then we spent 32 hours in tech. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, we had four tenths of a liter, too much capacity. The fuel bladder had expanded just a little bit more. Uh, and the penalty for that in the rule book before the race yeah. is disqualification. It's right. not, there's no conspiracy theory there. Sure. Uh, it's in the rule book. Sure. Uh, and uh, it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it is what it is. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm disappointed that, you know, we're not uh, etched in stone of the record books. Yeah. Uh, but 
uh, I mean, it. Uh, I know that everybody that was there knows who won. Yeah. Uh, I know we won. Yeah. And I know that uh, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. Right. Uh, so uh, it. Uh, I don't feel bad about it at all. Right. And you very famously came out afterwards saying like, "Hey, those were the rules. Yeah. It's fair that we got penalized." And yeah, was that real? Uh, it was. Okay. Uh, it, it was, and, and it and it is. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, there was definitely uh, somewhat of a witch hunt uh-huh. uh, on the Fords. Yeah, the single car uh, entry uh, and uh, all that. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the pro cars also. Yeah, right. You know, so the the highest finishing pro car got fourth place. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, they got thrown out for the exact same reason. Yeah. Yeah. They got disqualified for too much fuel capacity. The exact same thing. Yeah. And you know, you kind of look at that and go, why even tech the fourth place finishing car? Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Why does it matter? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, uh, and you know, uh, uh, you know, I. The fact is, I have question marks about some of the pit stops of the second place Porsche that ended up finishing with the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they didn't get teched at all. So you know, I can go you know really deep into see you know these. I have some really compelling yeah. conspiracy theories. Right, right, right. Uh, but the fact is that uh, the rule book is what it is. It said what it said, mm-hmm. and it. Uh, we made it too easy for them. <laughs> if their goal was to throw us out, yeah, we just made it too damn easy. Right, right. So we do a pass-along question and uh, where we ask where our previous guest asked a question of the next guest and so on and so forth. So our last guest was uh, Bob Jenkins. I'm hoping you're familiar with him. Oh, Ben Keating. Well, Did not grow up a race fan. This is over. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's, he's a big-time announcer in racing for years. Especially IndyCar. Ah, okay. Especially IndyCar yeah, yeah, yeah. and NASCAR. Nice. So... Uh, and his question, Ryan, if you could put three moments of your career into a time capsule for someone to discover later, what would they be? Ooh, three moments, time capsule. Uh, so I have to say the one I just talked about. So our next guest is going to be Mark Martin, NASCAR legend. If you could, I know who Mark Martin is. Okay, that is exciting. It is. Uh, uh, We're driving to Montana just for it. it better be because we're like. Good. Like, we get a whole day with him. Or, uh, or, or two, hour two hours. And then I got to go, guys. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I really like Mark. Uh, I, uh, obviously, I don't know much about him, but uh, mm-hmm. he always seemed like such a good dude. I, I feel like he's the Cal Ripken of NASCAR. That's a very good analogy. Uh, uh, and so uh, I'm going to use the same, you know, uh, the, the same idea. You know, he... He has retired. He's moved to Montana, for goodness sake. <laughs> yep. Uh, 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 and so, you know, as being part of this uh, lockdown, shelter-in-place experience, I've found out that uh, uh, I don't want to be retired. I want to stay active. And uh, uh, what advice would Mark have for, uh, uh, for a guy in my position? Uh, what does... Uh, what does active in retirement look like? Do you, uh, you're, you know the Constitution pretty well. You're from Texas. You bet. You have a, a favorite constitutional lawyer? Well, you know, clearly uh, the, the person I believe knows the Constitution the best of anyone I know would be Kyle Busch. Huh. Yeah. That's sensible. 
He's yeah. Good. He's good. Yeah. How comfortable are you talking about your dad? Very. Okay. Do you mind getting into some of the, the not-so-great parts? Yeah. All good. Okay. okay. Um, so to kind of go back to your story with your father a little bit. So you guys settled up, but things didn't end well. That's right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I... I mentioned earlier when we were talking about when 9-11 happened mm-hmm. that my dad was a little bit of a doomsday prepper. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, he uh, he battled with uh, depression uh, on and off uh, uh, in his in his later years. Uh, uh, and, you know, uh, that's a, we've also spent a lot of time talking about how you justify racing. That's another way I can justify racing is, uh, uh, you know, it, it keeps me sane, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, you know, that, uh, you know, I still have that same personality, but y- you got to have an outlet of some sort. Uh, and um, uh, so, you know, after I... Uh, uh, got Port Lavaca Ford started after I settled with my parents we did you know I, I did uh, uh, make good with my relationship with my dad mm-hmm. again uh, we weren't as close as we were early on uh, but we definitely uh, uh, felt uh, uh, you know, much better uh, we were in a good spot uh, and, uh, and my mom had convinced him to go ahead and go to the dock and try to get on uh, uh, some antidepressants, okay. uh, uh, which you know, uh, good for her and good for him for going to do it. Yeah, uh, especially uh, at an age uh, where that's not looked at. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, I mean, the next day after he started uh, taking them, uh, he shot himself, uh, and so. Uh, uh, you know, and it's, it, it's so interesting, uh, to me, I mean, uh, I guess I, I feel like I should have anger about it, but I don't, uh, for whatever reason, I just think it's a terrible situation that uh, it's not going to change anything, but, uh, uh but, uh, there's all kinds of research now that talks about the first week of starting antidepressants, uh, there's, there's a super high suicide rate in that situation. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, I, I, I know that to be true just from personal experience. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he had, uh, our family attorney described it the best is that, uh, he had a squirrel cage in his head uh, that uh, he could never stop. He could never, he could never get the squirrel off the uh, off the wheel. Uh, that sucker would just go, 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 go all the time, all the time. Uh, and he was definitely one of those guys that uh, felt like uh, you know any you know whether it was right or wrong, any action is better than no action. Uh, uh, and uh, and so uh, obviously you know super super hard you know on the one hand you feel uh, uh, you feel bad uh, uh, for him uh, because uh, you know literally uh, he was not himself literally you know going uh, going crazy uh, uh, you know, partly you feel mad because it's the most selfish thing anybody can possibly do uh, uh, in terms of you know, I'm just going to take care of me 
and let everybody else fend for themselves. Uh, uh, and then partly, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's just kind of uh, sad uh, that, uh, you know, that he had to go there. Uh, but it has uh, really brought our family uh, uh, you know, closer together uh, as a result of all that. Um, you know, I have, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's strange. He's been gone for, he died in uh, uh, December of 03. Uh, uh, and um, uh, I mean, I, I still feel really close to him. Uh, you know, I'm still in the same business. Uh, you know, we have, uh, we have a lot of the same mannerisms and, uh, uh, you know, I, even though he's no longer here, uh, I still feel really close to him. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I ended up getting a lot of really good opportunities uh, 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 that I wouldn't have gotten uh, if, uh, if he were still alive. Obviously, I'd still uh, much rather have him here, uh, but uh, the fact that you know, we had done really, really well at Port Labaca Ford, uh, and Ford uh, you know, went to my mom and, and said, you know, you can operate the store if you want to, but we hope you don't because you don't have any business running a Ford dealership, uh, and you can sell it if you want to, uh, but uh, we hope you don't. Uh, which was a really strange yeah, deal because it's, it's worth a ton of money. Yeah. And so well, she's like, well, what do you want me to do? She says, well, we'd like to see you sell it to Ben. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then they turned to me and said, we want you to sell everything in Port Lavaca and move back to Tomball. Uh, and uh, you know, that kind of created the opportunity for me to buy Tomball Ford. Uh, uh, and... Uh, you know, we had all the, my dad had all these rules inside the family. You know, if anything ever happens to me, don't, don't operate the dealership yourself. Don't, uh, uh, sell, uh, don't sell the dealership to a family member. Don't carry a note. Uh, uh, don't take stock. Uh, and my mom broke all the rules. Well, so literally, let's say, don't take uh, a note. That's literally your entire business model. Uh, yeah. I mean, she, uh, uh, you know, 100% leveraged. Yeah, she uh, she loaned me uh, all of it, yeah. uh, and uh, uh, you know I was able to buy that store, which is to this day still our largest store uh, in the group. So everybody in their life has some sort of trauma, uh, you know, uh, whether that is some big huge event like that or you know your older brother stealing your tricycle when you're a kid uh, everybody's got some sort of trauma in their life uh, and uh, in most cases that trauma uh, kind of uh, uh, you know forms uh, uh, who you are as a person uh, uh, it, it kind of forms your reaction to things and uh, uh, the way you live and uh, you know it, it kind of goes back to living on my own my senior year of high school uh creating that independence or, or going through that early on uh, uh you know that uh definitely going through that experience has uh uh you know shaped uh some of who i am uh and you know uh, 
in a weird way, I'm grateful uh, for what I've learned from it. Uh, you mentioned you've mentioned to us offline uh, seeing a psychic. Um, do you think that's kind of your version of therapy? Uh, so I'll I, I'll say a medium. A medium, okay. Uh, uh, very, you know, uh, similar but different. Sure, sure. Uh, 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 so uh, uh, absolutely, it's a form of therapy, uh, uh, and I'll say that I have uh, been to several. Uh, and several mediums yes okay uh, uh, different ones just because you know hey you know uh, uh, because I, I I like to see uh, who does what and how things are different uh, and I'll say that without a doubt there are some uh, 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 posers out there uh, there are some quacks out there uh, and uh, there are some unbelievably gifted real deals out there uh, and um, uh, I mean it's been an unbelievable a great experience for me uh, I, without a doubt without any shadow of a doubt I have had a conversation with my father uh, uh, and you know he has answered questions for me that were not answerable any other way uh, uh, and uh, it's been a total gift uh, for that, uh, and uh, I mean, it's been it's been a really interesting journey for me personally. I mean, I I, uh, I, uh, I am a strong Christian, uh, and uh, it, it took a while for me to uh, kind of merge to kind of all those a... things that I have, believe, uh, yeah. uh, knowing you know. Uh, Merging that with the fact that I know I just had a conversation with my dad who died five years ago, right? Uh, uh, yeah, is uh, is kind of a really crazy experience, uh, uh, but uh, uh, it has been awesome. It, it's made my faith that much stronger uh, uh, because uh, you know I, I'm along with being able to say I'm 100% sure I've talked to my dad, I can also tell you that I'm 100% sure there's an afterlife. Uh, uh, and so then you start getting into some really weird conversations. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, it, uh, uh, it's been an incredible gift. I, I, I probably uh, would not have experienced that if my dad were still around. Right. Because I'm assuming you didn't see it coming when... When it's not, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Have mediums helped kind of put closure on it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Uh, just because, I mean, uh, 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 partly because you can have closure, uh, uh, and partly because, uh, uh, I mean, I've gone every year for the last 15 years. Right. Uh, have you kind uh, of settled uh, on one that you go back to routinely? Uh, yes. Or is it always different? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have, uh, and it's uh, it's just nice to know that uh, 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 I can check in every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's let's close on a happy note. Um, Wait, that wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> unless you have anything, right? Uh, is Bill Riley worth the money? <laughs> <laughs> is he worth the money? Absolutely. Okay. That's a test. Uh, 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 no, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, clearly 
Bill is unbelievably good at what he does. But it's more than that to me uh, uh, in that uh, no, I do this for recreation. You know, uh, I am not going to piss away my money uh, uh, and, and be around a bunch of assholes. Uh, uh, and so, uh, I mean, I love hanging out with Bill. Uh, I love working with Bill. Uh, uh, he's a great guy. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, that makes him uh, worth the money, uh, dis- you know, despite the fact that he's also extremely good yeah right uh, yeah, i yeah, mean yeah. not that i'm going to go pay that much money just to hang out with somebody who's nice <laughs> right uh, uh, but uh you know and you know drivers are the same way mm-hmm. uh, uh you know i'm not uh it's just too expensive of a sport to put up with assholes all right we i i, I know we all want to go but i we, uh, we you're like a third or fourth car dealership guy um, or that's had some form of car dealership. Yeah. And every single one of them has been the anti-gorilla on the building type. Ooh, no, not and me. you been kidding. <laughs> we finally got the guy we wanted. Is there one promotion that you're either most proud of or took the most for? Well, uh, you're, in the, you're, you're asking me, that was a superlative question. You're asking for one deal. And I just, I, I've had like four of them well, come then, to okay, mind. Well, if you, uh, okay, what are your so, top four? <laughs> all right. So, uh, uh, you're all new cars. 100%, what I would say is uh, a couple of things. Okay. Uh, corn cells. Corn cells. <laughs> yeah. Corn is in cheesy. Corny. Yeah, corny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not corny. Just like, we're giving away corn with every uh, new Honda. Uh, that too. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Here in so, Texas. you know, uh, <laughs> I had, uh, uh, I've, I dressed up as an uh, as an Aztec Indian, uh, uh, and uh, this was back when that was not uh, uh, too politically incorrect. This was like seven years ago. Uh, like I said, way back when. Yeah. Uh, but, but this was related to the Mayan calendar, correct? Yes. Yes. So you were dressed as a Mayan Indian, Ben it, it was 2012. Yeah. Yeah. There was a no reason. You yeah. not, uh, like, first of all, if you call a, a, a Mayan an Aztec... Yeah, that's, that's right. grounds so for an ass beating. Like, you were dressed as a Mayan because the true. Mayan calendar was ending. This was this whole apocalyptic theory. That's right. Why am I doing your job for you, Ben? Yeah, <laughs> you're doing a great job. You're welcome. You're doing a great job. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Mayans believe the world's going to end December 21st, 2012. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right. So this was in October. Right. Yeah. Gotta... We were giving no payments for 90 days. Right. <laughs> so it's a win-win deal. You right. know, you get $15,000 off right. a Ram truck. Right. And either you get the truck of your dreams for a great deal. Yeah. Or maybe the world will the world will end and, and you won't ever it. have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah you'll be dead. A solid deal. Yeah. You know, okay. in Texas, yes, uh, uh, in Houston, sure, uh, there was a famous TV rec- uh, uh, reporter, Marvin Zindler. Oh yeah, Eyewitness <laughs> News. Okay, uh, he's the he was famous for busting the chicken ranch uh, 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 in Lagrange, the the oh, best he, little whorehouse in Texas. Say, oh, uh, chicken right. chicken ranch yeah, kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, uh, that's right. Uh, okay. uh, anyway, I won't go down that. So he was very famous. That's off topic. <laughs> uh, uh, very famous for, uh, 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 you know, uh, he was a gotcha reporting. Guy. Yeah, yeah. A gotcha guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did at Tom Paul Ford. We did a key in the tube mailer. 
where oh, you know no. you have a tube, you uh-huh. have a, a, key, a key in the tube, you get it in the mail, uh-huh. it rattles, you know, they open it up, and you look at the mail piece, uh, it's called a key in a tube mm-hmm. mailer, mm-hmm. and we sent out 10,000 mailers, Okay. we have an expedition on the showroom floor, mm-hmm. uh, and the idea is you come in and you try your key yeah. in the door of the expedition, if it opens the door, you win the car. Okay. And there are uh, 10,000 keys. One of them is the real key to the expedition. Uh-huh. The other 9,999 are made at the same plant in Mexico. Okay. Uh, uh, and they all get sent out. On the back of the mail piece in the fine print is this is an insured event. Mm-hmm. In, you know, it, there's only one winner. Uh, it, it's already been predetermined. The insurance company knows who it is and blah, 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 blah. Well, the Saturday morning of the event, uh, everybody's coming in with their key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just so turns out that the blank for this key that the Mexico plant makes, mm-hmm. all 10,000 of these keys open that expedition. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, and so everybody's on the showroom <laughs> oh, going, no. I won! <laughs> so you have thousands of people that in their minds just won. And you know, it, it is a disaster. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Zindler gets called out to the dealership. Oh, yeah. On the scam. Call in uh, Zindler. The old bait and switch. Yeah, yeah. you got it. Uh, and uh, we got put on uh, uh, the 10 o'clock news. Yep. Uh, uh, and uh, but no publicity is bad publicity. That's right. Right. I was just gonna say this. He's is like, did you hear I, what I said? We were on the ten o'clock news. Yeah, this is where I first learned uh, uh, that I thought it was gonna be a disaster. I thought we we're gonna never sell another car. Mm-hmm. And the next day was so busy. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 ooh, okay. it's, it's actually pretty bad. Uh, 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 I'll, I'll have to play you the uh, uh, the television. I mean the the the, tele, the telephone call, but we did. You know, so the key, uh, the 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 biggest piece uh, of direct mail is a. You got to get them to keep the envelope. You know, yeah, right. you get your mail, you go trash, keep, trash, yep, keep. Yep, yeah, right. You got to get in the keep pile. Number yeah, one, number yep. two, you got to get opened. And so we sent out this uh, nine by twelve brown craft envelope. On the side of it, it says, X-rays enclosed, do not bend. <laughs> uh, uh, and we we took a mylar, a uh, clear mylar, and we did a photocopy of an X-ray of a hand holding a set of keys. <laughs> and it had a letter on the back of it so that you could see it was an X-ray. Right. And, you know, uh, you know we're making a, a, a joke that... <laughs> The x-ray has a set of keys. The first line says, well, as you can clearly see, the x-ray, this x-ray has come back positive. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, we get a phone call from an old man who uh, wants to come up there and whoop somebody's ass <laughs> because his wife just had a mammogram oh, no. and is waiting for the results. Right, right. Uh, I'll have to play you the uh, the call yes, uh, uh, a little later, but that was a uh, that was a bad one. All right. Well, uh, one thing we always ask before we before we close off here is legacy. Um, you know, for people who are listening to this and either kind of know who you are from sports car racing or have never heard your name before, what would you want them to take away from this? 
I feel like this is a corny answer, but corn it, cells. It, I've been corn told. cells. It does. Uh, yeah. uh, that empathy. I would. I'd want you to take away from it that uh, a that you know uh, I'm just a, a a regular old guy, uh, uh, and b that uh, you know I'm in this for because it's fun. I don't pretend that I am. Uh, uh, ever going to be a, uh, a a pro racer i i'm one of those guys that loves the term of uh, an, an amateur driver or a gentleman driver or mm-hmm. whatever uh, i don't give a shit about all that stuff i mean <laughs> i don't uh, I, I don't make uh, any, you know, any qualms about the fact that i'm paying to be here yeah uh, uh i'm lucky as can be that i can afford to be here uh, i'm getting to do something that there are a bunch of people out there that wish they could do it and uh i I think it's awesome well it's on that note continental's got the check meow meow